This is Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. MLS is back again, again, uh, <laughs> and DC United, they looked great in the first half, but we're going to send it live right now to Ben Olsen. He's live at the podium, uh, so let's go ahead and send it over to Ben, and, and we'll chat here in just a second. Hey, Ben. What, uh, you got a point on the road, which I imagine uh, you're happy with. Um, how would you assess the performance overall in getting that point? Uh, happy with the point, you know, certainly three were there. Uh, the, if you look at the first half, I thought that, uh, our structure caused them some real issues and, uh, we turned them over in some very good spots and again, just didn't have the quality on the day to punish them, uh, for, uh, some of the, um, uh, risky building that they, um, they offered. And, and that's disappointing because, We've been starved for goals, and uh, we all know that, and we, we need to be better in that end. Uh, and then they made some adjustments, I, uh, some good adjustments, I think, and uh, and that forced us to eventually go back into a four-back, and I think that kind of halted a little bit of their steam down the stretch. Um, they have the one good chance, which uh, uh, certainly uh, I think Bill stayed big and made it difficult for him. Uh, but overall, it was a – I thought it was a good game. I mean, no goals, so that, that's not always uh, what people want. But I thought tactically it was uh, a, a nice battle, and we get a shutout on the road. Uh, if we can continue to do that, uh, I think we'll be in good shape. I mean, we're, it's, uh, the turf doesn't play that well. It's not the easiest venue to, to, uh, to deal with. Uh, we, we like shutouts. Thanks, Ben. Next question will go to Jason Anderson, Black and Red United. Jason, go ahead. Uh, hi, Ben. Uh, you obviously, you opted for uh, Paredes in that wingback role. Um, what did you see in him that made you want to go that direction? And what, how do you evaluate his performance on the night? Who are we talking about? Uh, Kevin Paredes. Kevin. I, you, Kevin, I thought, uh, held up really well. You know, there, there's some, it, it was a difficult or it was a difficult task for him tonight uh, and he was always in between defending and getting forward and uh, that's the trick in that position he has the attributes he has the profile to uh, to play that position and uh, overall it wasn't a uh, you know he had a tough matchup uh, with, with Joe Jow and I thought he did a very good job neutralizing him and uh, yeah so good marks for him for sure and, and, and you know how I feel about him. I think he's going to be a special player for this club. And uh, it was it was nice to get him minutes. It was nice to get Donovan Pines minutes. And uh, even Griffin in the end there gave us a little spark. So uh, we, we, we've, we've got some promising youth. Great. Thanks, Ben. We're going to go back to Steve Goff. Steve, go ahead. Ben, what went into the decision um, to leave Edison on the – bench at the start and then bring him in um in, for the last 30 minutes the decision to not start edison was, was mostly about uh, a pack schedule coming up and the fact that he's only been back in training for uh, just over a week and we knew his minutes uh, weren't going to be that He's, he came on, he had some moments, 
but we we still need more out of him, and, and we're gonna we're gonna get it out of him. Thanks, Ben. Next up, we're gonna go to Jimena from WDCN. Jimena, go ahead. Jimena. Hello, Coach. Uh, how are you tonight? I'm uh, great. Thank you. How does it feel to be back in a, uh, at the stadium? It was strange. It was. I'm not gonna lie. This was a strange atmosphere. Uh, it, it, you know, it just again, no fans is uh, is no fans. And in MLS uh, in the tournament, you know, it was no fans, but it was no stands, and that's a big difference. Uh, here you have these empty stadiums. Uh, it's it's a little surreal, uh, and it's certainly not the way we all want to be um, uh, playing the game. We, we we love the energy and the pageantry of uh, our surroundings. Uh, although going on the road, uh, they've got a pretty boisterous fan base here, and uh, I actually didn't miss them tonight. Great, thanks, Ben. We're gonna go back to Jason Anderson. Jason, go ahead. Uh Ben, you mentioned that you were happy with um, the structure, especially in the first half, um, throwing off Cincinnati. Um, how do you think that played out in the second half where maybe you weren't getting as many of those turnovers as you were uh, before in the first half? I think some of this is some, some fatigue played into it. Uh, I think uh, they made some adjustments. As I said before, they overloaded the midfield, and that caused us, caused us some trouble. Uh, and that last you know, 15 minutes of the game, uh, uh, you know, we, we they forced us to adjust back to a four back to kind of clog that middle up, which uh, they were exploiting down the stretch. Uh, but I thought in the second half, the first 20 minutes were pretty good. And again, we got ourselves into some good spots. Um, but but we're, just the final final 30 yards is just not there. And, and we'll continue to grind on it. We'll continue to work on it. Uh, it's, you know, it's repetition, it's relationships, uh, it's quality, uh, it's bravery. It's, it's all these things that we got to continue to push. Um, but it, you, Jason, I'll say this, it's important for us to have gone through those minutes in that three back system. Uh, it's something we're going to need throughout the season and to get live minutes in it, uh, other than training and to have some success in it, or, or at least to have a better understanding now of who we are in it is important for down the stretch because uh, I don't think it'll be the first time we go to it. I don't know if it's something we're in every week, um, but uh, it, it is something that uh, I think uh, against certain opponents that we will see it uh, be a benefit uh, from going through these minutes. Thanks, Ben. I think we have time for two more questions. We'll go to Ari from MLSsoccer.com. Ari, go ahead. Hey, Ben, I was just wondering your thoughts on Julian Gressel's play tonight. And now that you've gotten to see him for a few games, how are you feeling about how he's integrating into the group? I, I thought it was a good game from Julian. I thought he put a uh, – uh, uh, he always is a uh, – he's always an extremely hardworking player. Uh, I think the, one of the issues today was, and it wasn't necessarily his fault, uh, we didn't get enough service from his him. Uh, out of the run of play. His set-piece ability tonight was really good. He gave us a bunch of chances uh, on set-pieces and put it up for the three big fellas, and we were unlucky not to get something there. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, I, I thought he probably had his best overall game uh, to date. I thought other good performances. Steve and, and, and Donovan Pines were very good. I thought Junior looked sharp. Russell had a, a strong game. Uh, Yamil did his part in the center of the midfield, and I thought his pressing. You know, he was a little bit of the unsung hero in that pressing in the first half that led to turnovers and set pieces that, again, we just weren't able to capitalize. Ola got through 60 minutes of, of hard running, which was a big step for him as he's had some injury problems. So uh, he could have he could have went more, but out of precaution, we want to, in a quick turn, turnaround, we want to continue pushing, uh, pushing him and making sure he's available. Uh, and uh, who else? Yeah, that's, uh, but Julian, a, a pretty good night. Thanks, Ben. Last question, tried and true. Go ahead. Hey, Coach. Uh, so, hey, Coach. Uh, so tonight's lineup and formation was obviously pretty different than anything we saw in Orlando or at least really at all this season. What went into uh, the decision to play the, the formation or all the tactics that we saw tonight, and is that something we expect to see more of this season? Uh, yeah, I said earlier, yes, we'll, we'll see more of that. Uh, but it's going to be situational. It, it, you know, it, uh, you know the, the, the opponent, uh, if, if we feel like we have a better chance for success against the opponent uh, in that system, we'll give it a go. And as I said, the, the, the way the games are going now and the level of, of coaching here in the MLS is, um, you know, you, you, you're – you're seeing teams change two, three times within a game now. So you, you, you have to be ready for that and uh, well-versed in some other uh, uh, other structures. And, again, I think today will go a long way um, as I'm not sure it's going to be our, 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 our week-in, week-out structure, but it's something that uh, we want to be able to fall back on or use if, it, if uh, we, we feel it gives us an edge. Thanks, Ben. One more question for you, then we'll let you go. We'll go to Emily Olson. Emily, go ahead. Hi, Ben. Just real quickly, um, you talked a little bit about the, the fans in the stand situation, but how much – it's the first game back and you guys are on the road. How much does this uh, one-day travel in and out kind of – how did that affect today, if at all? Uh, you know, it's probably a question, Emily, for the players. I, I didn't see any issues physically from our players. I thought – our, again, our mentality and, and our, our workloads were, you know, I, I thought they, they were great. Uh, so I don't think it has affected that. You know, it's one of those things where as long as it's a short trip and it's a charter flight now, uh, you're, you're, you're in and out, you're to the hotel, you, you by 12 o'clock, you have plenty of time to rest and get settled before the game. Uh, so I, I think it's just more switching the mentality that these players have done for uh, or these, the, the mentality that they've had for a long time. And I, I credit our players. Not, they don't complain about it. For the staff, it's great. You know, we don't waste a day beforehand and waste a day afterwards. We, we come here, we play, and, and we get out of Dodge. So looking forward to getting home. And uh, I, I think we're also able to recover better. So now we get back tonight and we can get into the stadium tomorrow and recover properly with our equipment and with our trainers and doctors uh, as opposed to flying tomorrow all day and wasting that day.
Thanks, Ben. Appreciate your time. That's Thanks, United head coach Ben Olson uh, joining the media here uh, after the game. And um, yeah, we didn't get much of an intro uh, into the show. I think that's something we'll have to get used to now that we're not in Orlando. And the, as, as Ben was alluding to there a little bit, uh, the players obviously not getting on a bus and going back to a hotel where they've been living for the past couple of weeks. But they've got to fly home to D.C. tonight. Um, that's going to be an interesting change. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I almost want to, you know, we'll get into the game a little bit, but it, it's almost incredible that they pulled this off. They they left D.C. today at around 10, 11, uh, played a game, and then they have to do these pressers real quick, I, I hope, shower, and then jump on the jet <laughs> uh, back to D.C. It's, it's, it's the and, new normal. And they got a point, yeah, and, and that's that's the new normal. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Um, during normal games, it, the team is probably – not together this much right after a game right whether they're home and they're just going back to their homes or they're in a hotel and they're going back to their separate hotel rooms you know they might have a roommate but I think that'll likely play a little bit of a factor you know now they're not separating right after whatever the result is obviously today's was a draw but they're they're really staying together so if there's like a little bit of tension between the players you know that could come into play or if it's a really great result they don't feel positive about it that could also be a factor for these teams kind of rolling through these games as through a very quick schedule. Well, and, and frankly, I think that with the logistics, I think it only becomes a problem when you actually run into transit difficulties. If you have enough time in advance, you know, we heard that they traveled you know, mid-morning and had no problem getting to the stadium. If everything goes according to schedule, it's not that much different than a home game, trying to get to the stadium, get into whatever you need to do to pregame and, you know, be ready to go. It's really more of a problem when you start running into flight delays or thunderstorms or you know players having other issues that pop up uh that it becomes an issue but as it is they should be able to make the short flight to cincinnati i certainly don't want dc united flying to los angeles or vancouver and trying to play same right day. but you know for a short flight like ohio or new england you know it's something that they can make work with especially when they're going to be coming back here and you know you get in the both legs, so to speak, it, it'll balance out. Yeah, it looks like we're we're just moments away uh, from from Donovan Pines uh, joining the media here, and it was great to see Donovan uh, get a start again. We obviously had him on the show, uh, just our last show. Uh, we talked a lot about the goal that he for sure scored against Minnesota, oh, and I sure. thought he had another one tonight. He almost right? had another one. It would have been so great. And I was uh, chatting a little bit on Twitter about how it would have been interesting to see what that celebration is but i think we're going right over to him now yeah it looks like donovan pines uh is, is at the mic in the zoom camera so we'll send you over there now live hey donovan we're gonna pull back for just one second here as as the audio gets uh gets squared away in cincinnati but yeah i mean sam you were saying like so close to a goal there we thought we had it so close i really thought we did we'll get there uh, again with him and it's going to be such an exciting moment when when he does finally score he he towers over so many players Uh, i know he's going to have the chances (laughs) and like i said on twitter it's always going to be like plus one in our hearts but i do want to see him get that like 
first official goal and it, I think it was really promising to see him get this start in the first game you know we heard Ben say that there's going to be a lot of changes because there are so many games coming up and you know there's a question about well you know so and so started this person was on the bench what should we say about this lineup and he was kind of like you can't really put anything into it because we have so many games coming up I a little bit don't believe that because I think how you start the first game like obviously says something so I think it was really promising that Pines did get the start today. Yeah, and, and I made the joke earlier to you guys. You know, we, we, we made the acquisition of a new center back, and, and in the first possible game to start him, we uh, we roll out three center backs, uh, and, and, <laughs> and Pines him. gets the yeah. start. Yeah, right? So um, interesting to see. I, I enjoyed the formation. You know, I, obviously we wanted to dive into the tactics here a little bit, it, juggling the press conferences, but um, not the formation we expected, but maybe the formation we needed. It, it worked really well. I, I liked that the center backs – uh, it, it was three when defending, but when we had the ball for for long stints, one center back was given permission or freedom to move forward. And so that's why you saw Brayant way up the field. I think uh, uh, Birnbaum was up there in the yeah, midfield as well. Yeah, they all had some pretty high tackles. Brayant did too, yeah. I, I, I think Pines might have been held back just because he's raw and he's new. I, I only saw him forward on set pieces, which is good. I, I think that's the approach they should take. But I, I liked it. I think the wing backs did a decent job for their first game carrying that role it's a it's a new modern kind of football thing to have wingbacks up and down the pitch uh and they did all right which we said a little bit um when ben finished um answering that question that we asked was that you know he kind of said that coaching is really in mls it can change within the game it can change in an instant do we have to switch over yeah let's go ahead and set it back to donovan pines three-man back line um with you in the middle um a bit of a change up for your team and how do you think it went uh, I think it was a, just a good adjustment from um, the MLS's back tournament. So we just wanted to transition to a three back and see how it worked. Uh, and, uh, you know, we incorporated, of course, Fred and Steve in the back, and they put me in the back um, in the middle. And I think it was a, it was a good transition from uh, the MLS's back tournament to this formation, the three five two. And I think um, it's, it's starting to work for us. We're just finding the kinks, and I think we'll um, do better uh, the next go around. Great. Thanks, Donovan. We're going to go to Jason Anderson, Black and Red United. Jason, go ahead. Hi, Donovan. Thanks for taking the time. Um, I know this season has been tough, not just because of all the stoppages and the delays and um, not having games, having games all of a sudden, um, but for you in particular, the preseason was disrupted with injuries. Um, how did it feel to get through a full 90 and uh, just be part of getting a result on the road? Yeah, it was it was a great experience, great uh, great result, and it's great to be back on the field. I mean, uh, you know, it's been a really long long season with everything, all all the uncertainty and everything that's going on. But you just need to stay positive, and we just need to play the sport that we love and just focus on what we had to do. So um, when I uh, you know had my chance today, I wanted to do the best I could for the team because uh, I love this team and I love uh, this uh, city, and I really enjoyed playing uh, for this team. I wanted to show that I could play at this level again. And I'm happy that we got a result on the road uh, today. Thanks, Donovan. Friendly reminder for folks to raise your hand if you have a question for him. We'll go to Jimena next. Jimena, go ahead. Donovan, how do you feel to be named main of the match? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's, I didn't know that. Uh, that's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, I'm really uh, happy to be uh, honored that uh, man of the match. Uh, Really just wanted to play the best I could for the team, and uh, I didn't know I really got that. Uh, but really thankful that I was named man of the match. But thank you for telling me that. I appreciate it. 
Awesome. I'm going to go ahead and pause for about 15 seconds. See if anyone else has any questions for Donovan. Feel free to raise your hand if you do. All right, Donovan, thanks, man. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Appreciate your time. That's Donovan Pines, man of the match tonight uh, and uh, most recent guest here on Tried and True. Um, super excited for Donovan. I thought that was a great, great start for him tonight. Um, as we talked about before he, he came on, right? Um, and, and, you know, Sam, you were talking a little bit about uh, maybe asking a question on, on, <laughs> on the cusp there. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's great to see him. Yeah, no, I just thought it was really interesting. You obviously saw him get a couple chances, uh, you know, on the free kicks. But you also saw him making some pretty high tackles up the field. Burnbaum and Brown were doing the same thing. So, I, you know, I wonder what they were told in the locker room. You would expect with three in the back, especially, you know, three center backs playing in those positions, you would expect for them to sit back a little bit more, especially with this lineup that – you know, Benny ball, like Ben put out there, you would have expected them a way to sit back a little bit. So it was, it was refreshing that they pushed up a little bit. I think we're going to have to go to yeah. the press conference. And it looks like Julian Gressel's ready to speak to the press. We'll go there live. Taking the time. Um, what, what do you think the issues are in the attack? Um, and you got off to a good start today, but the goals didn't come. And ultimately you weren't able to score. What do you think you, the team needs to work through over uh, the coming, coming matches? Um, I just, I just think it's a lot of repetition, you know, I, you know, we had some guys injured, uh, throughout this time. Unfortunately, we didn't have the numbers to play a lot of 11 v 11. Um, and, and you can see that, that we're, we're making some good moves, but we're not really getting into the, into the dangerous spots, into the side of the box or, or even on top of the box, um, to create clear chances, you know, and that's certainly something that we'll, we'll work on. And then we'll look at about how to get in those spots to create really dangerous chances. Um, because I feel like we control the game pretty well um, in the back. Uh, you know, I thought we did a good job of kind of controlling the tempo, especially in the first half. Um, and, and then it's just that, you know, the last last couple passes that were sometimes missing. And then that's, I think, um, just a tribute to, you know, not, not having enough repetition um, at the moment. But, you know, it's something that we'll work on and then we'll hopefully get better at. Great. Thanks, Julian. Friendly reminder to raise your hand if you have a question for him. We'll go to Jason Anderson next. Jason, go ahead. Uh, hi, Julian. Uh, thanks for taking the time after the game. Um, I know this uh, wingback role is not new for you in your MLS career, uh, but it is a first for a DC game, at least that we've seen uh, against a, a different opponent. Um, how do you feel like you did uh, on the night? Um, I, I thought it was fine. I mean, you know, I, I think we, uh, like I said, I think we were able to control the game well, and, and, and I actually – um, was pretty surprised of how they lined up, especially in the first half where they, I didn't really have a, a guy to play against um, out there. With, they didn't really have a left winger or, um, or a left you know, wing back, I guess, but he didn't really go forward. Um, so it was a bit different in that sense where it just gave him, especially Fred, um, a lot of time on the ball. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I think it's, it's a role that, that I'm, I'm used to, that I've played a lot, um, that it's now just about you know, relationships. And today I thought Fred and I had a pretty good understanding on defense. Um, you know, we, we covered the runners pretty well. Um, so they never really got in behind us, um, to really create chances from there. And, um, and then going forward, you know, I think I can still get, uh, like I said, more advanced and we can still, um, get in more dangerous spots, even on the other side to then be able to, to whip in the crosses from better positions with, with some more players in the box as well, and, um, to create more chances like that. But I think overall it was a good start. And, um, yeah, if that, that's what the coach want from me, then, then I'll be happy to do that out there.
Great, thanks, Julian. We're gonna to go to Jimena next. Jimena, go ahead. How do you, uh, how do you, uh, what do you do to help uh, your young teammates? Um, you're speaking about Kevin probably and, and, and Don today. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Kevin, Kevin deserved this today. I think he, he has been training really well. Um, he's obviously played a played a good a good role in, in Orlando where he, he came into the games and did a good job um, of kind of providing energy. Um, and he, and he's deserved to start. And then I've I've obviously tried to talk to him as we back on that played there top of kind of talking to him a lot. Um, and then you know today it was it wasn't a lot. You know I just kind of told him just enjoy it, man. It's just a soccer game. It's your first start. I know you're nervous, but but embrace it, enjoy it, and There'll be a lot more to come for you. So um, don't get too hung up on, on just the big moment here. Enjoy, go out there and play. And then I thought he did a good job. And um, I think he'll, he'll, he'll be a, a big big piece for us going forward. Great, thanks, Julian. I think we have time for a couple more questions. We'll go to the Tried and True podcast next. Tried and True, go ahead. Thanks, thanks, Julian, for taking the time. Um, how are you and your teammates adjusting to traveling day of the match? I actually felt better than I thought, to be honest with you. Um, it kind of kind of went by fast today, to be honest. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just something I think we, we did a good job with. Um, you know, you kind of constantly have to consciously remind yourself that you have a game later today, um, uh, where it's just not natural. But it was the first time today, I think, I thought maybe we, we could see that a little bit in the last 15, 15 or so minutes. Um, but like I said, I think we did a good job. Um, we were all, all ready to go especially coming out, you know, in the first 10, 15 minutes, I thought we did a good job the whole first half um, of starting the game well and then being on the front foot. Um, so it didn't really bother us too much, I guess, in that sense. Great. We're going to go to Ari from MLS Soccer. Ari, go ahead. Hey, Julian. Thanks for the time. Um, ben was talking about kind of a similar thing. You were about getting you into those spots more consistently where you can get those wide assists that you've kind of become known for. Uh, do you think that's just a matter of uh, something that will come with time as you adjust to the new group, or is there anything that you can pinpoint that uh, will get you in those spots more consistently? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it will come with time. I think, obviously, we, we've got to make the right steps in the right direction in order to get there, even not just my side, but even on the other side. Um, you know, I, I thought today we were maybe a bit hesitant to, to play it through the middle, you know, and kind of circulate the ball a bit through the middle bit more where they did actually a pretty good job once once it got to that mid block and low block then did a good job of defending us and not letting it us not letting us go back out the other side obviously that's what you want in a five back where you can swing it around um to then free up one side and get a good service but um like i said i think it will come with repetition obviously we'll look at we'll look at different movements um of how how, how can we do that how, how can we ask more questions of the outside backs is that if that's you know for us in the four and a, and a five um, I think we want to get into more dangerous spots and, and do that. Um, another fact I, I thought today, you know, it obviously is, is the field and um, it wasn't wasn't amazing, to be honest with you. <clears throat> um, and um, but, you know, like I said, I think we, we did a good job today of controlling the game. We just got to find a way to, to advance the ball more and then create more chances in dangerous spots. Great. One last question. We'll go to Emily Olson. Emily, go right ahead. Hi, Julian. Thanks for taking the time. Um, you, you mentioned repetition and Ben also mentioned that as well to kind of get this new formation working with teammates. Do you see it as a, I mean, is it a benefit, the fact that you have so many league games coming up quickly? Do you see that as a benefit to help um, 
an advantage to get working well together. Yeah, I mean, it gives us that repetition and that competition, right, where we can really look at of, of how games, uh, games, will, will, yeah, what, what questions they ask of us. Um, where, like I said, I feel like in training we haven't really gotten to the point where it was really, really good for us to, to play, play a lot, where we couldn't really do that, unfortunately. Um, and, and now with the games, um, yeah, it's just kind of kind of learning by doing in a sense where we'll be, we just got to find solutions in the game. Um, and, and hopefully, uh, obviously, goal better from game to game and then be able to, to create more chance of the season. You know, I think that's, that's a big step, obviously, um, as well, where, where we feel like um, that's much needed, that we, that we keep shutouts, and then hopefully uh, we can give ourselves chances to win the game. Julian, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. Perfect. Thanks, guys. That's DC United's Julian Gressel wrapping up the uh, post-game press conferences tonight. And... Um, well, I guess we pick up the show where we typically yeah, start now, now we right? Start. <laughs> After we heard from this everybody. This is tried and true. Yeah. So you want me to cue the music again? We can yeah. do that. You know, just to make it authentic. No, um, hey, listen, guys. Um, for the first time really this season, that first half, at least to me, was a lot of fun to watch. I thought we played such a good first half, and I tweeted out that I was cautiously optimistic about this lineup. It was something different. Uh, which we all really wanted to see after Orlando. And I think the more and more I watched the first half, the more and more I loved it. And then th- we came out in the second half a little bit flat-footed. I can see you all yeah, making jo- faces at each Joshua's other. Joshua's shaking his head. Almost hit me with it. <laughs> Look, the group just puts me in this antagonist role every time. I promise. <laughs> I don't I don't want this. But I don't know. Check our tweets. You guys, you put you guys are so positive about this. It, it was so fun to see tactics from Ben Olsen's side today. But – we need results still, and this <laughs> this formation, as beautifully defensive as it was, with center backs playing a part in the attack, because we were playing five defenders in front of two defensive midfielders, and yet uh, it was some of the best attacking we've seen from this team all season. Yes, and also, can you be mad attack. at a point away? Like I know that like it's yes. against Cincy and whatever, but like yeah. realistically, when you look at it, like a point away is a, is a good result. Yeah, and this is not last year's Cincinnati. I mean, I know we're dogging them, and I know we got shown up by him with nine men at the end of last year but this isn't expansion year since this is a better team playing this is better 25th year dc united though and hopefully and, and 10th year ben olsen and hopefully by now he'd learned a style of play that I, could break down a defense but I, he's not been able to score I, I against since in 180 i minutes. still think that in soccer getting a, a point away is like a a good result though 180 it's like an objectively minutes good result. home and away against since you need to score at least five goals <laughs> And that was one of the the things that Ben talked about during the press conference was, hey, you know, in this league, we've got coaches who are coming out and making several formation changes and shifting and playing different styles throughout the game. That's not something we typically see from a Ben Olsen team. You know, like it or not, they have a very set idea of how they want to play. So I do appreciate seeing a different tactical approach and trying to do something new. But at the end of the day, you still tied 0-0 with a Cincy team that, does not have top tier talent. It's their coach's fourth game. Like, yeah, like I uh, props for the tactics. I, I liked it. It was fun, but it was results. And, and it was, you're right. You're this totally is a result fair, though. We didn't this, get no yeah, points. This it is, is a, a result. result. And I mean, they, they just played so much better than they did in Orlando. They had more options. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but obviously the crew here is probably the most divided we've been, uh, you know, since we started the show, but you know, we want to hear your your thoughts as well, and you can join the show uh, using the hashtag Tried and True DCU. And of course, uh, the text and call line is open. That's two zero two eight nine two 
6-3-2-8-2-0-2-8-9-2-6-D-C-U. You can join the show uh, here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. Guys, this is the first time I remember us playing three in the back since potentially the game where Donovan Pine should have scored that goal in Minnesota. It's been that long. I, I was going to mention that during Sam tried to go into monologues between interviews, but <laughs> <laughs> I was going to dwell into it because she brought up a good point. It's that this three Wait, in the back was was yes. different than we, the three we, in the back. We do actually have a call coming in right now, so let me, let me pause you on your monologue and, <laughs> and, 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 and we'll go to the phones. Hey, you're live on Tried and True. Who's calling? Hey, folks. This is John from RK Refugees. Hey, hey John. Welcome to the show. How are you all doing? I, I saw that you had to do a live show after a 0-0 draw, so I'm here for solidarity. <laughs> yeah, it's... um, I, I don't know. We're split a little bit. I think Sam and I really enjoyed the first half and, and seeing some attack from the team, and, and Michael and Joshua are just sulking that we didn't win against Cincinnati. What are your thoughts? I, I think I might be with the second group on that, <laughs> I think, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, I think, you know, undoubtedly the first half, saw some new looks that the team had not done uh, this season. Certainly, uh, there was some three-back system last year uh, to initially good effect, and then it got worse as the season progressed as teams sort of figured it out. Uh, but I feel I feel like you have to be upset where this team landed on the road. They're not the FC Cincinnati of old, but they are still FC Cincinnati. And if we look at the schedule as it, as it stands and where this team is going to get points from, if we don't get points, if we don't get three points here, it's not looking good for for the rest of the for the rest of the, for the rest of the schedule. The New York teams are are, are likely to uh, be a little bit more offensively uh, adept than this FC Cincinnati team was. Yeah, that that's a really good point. It's something we hadn't quite gotten to yet. But uh, the, the five games remaining on on at least this round of of games, since he was the the quote unquote easiest game of the bunch, and I- and. This, this could be trouble. I also think there's something to be said about growing into it, though, right? This is basically our third mm-hmm. restart. So we got to give the team a little bit of time to grow into it. They're not even playing 11 v 11 at home right now. So we have to cut it's, them it's a little bit It's also since he's third restart, though. Like, yeah, they're in the same situation they are. They're playing at home. Like, maybe they would like a victory against a DC United team that was a point behind them in the standings going into the night. But if you're looking, think, at, yeah, if you're looking at the schedule, you need to find some way to get points, and that's out here. Go ahead, John. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I, th- I think there's two things to say. One is that, you know, there have been changes to this roster, clearly. Uh, this this roster is not uh, is not last year's roster. But still, the, the persistent element of it is that this team, particularly on the offensive end, acts like it doesn't know each other. It acts like it doesn't know which runs are coming. It yeah. acts like it doesn't know what Ola Kamar, what kind of ball he wants. So I think there's absolutely room here to say this is a new formation they're trying out. You've got to give them some some room to grow into it. I think that's fair. I think that's valid. But that goes into the second thing is that I don't think this team, if this team is being realistic, the roster that it has and the players, that the way that they're playing, uh, do not lend themselves to a deep run playoff team. So if that's the case, then it is, it's absolutely time to try out new formations. It's absolutely time to give yeah. credit as and, and Yao and Pines as many minutes as possible to see what you're going to get. Uh, but it's also important then for the rest of the fans uh, and the team to, to understand what those expectations are and what this team may actually be this year. And I as think- much as I don't think any – nobody wants to admit that, I, I would imagine, but that's, that's the feeling I'm getting. Oh. Yeah, and I think Russell touched on that a little bit, is that you know we had 
solid defense, but our offense just wasn't there, and we still need to figure that out. So I, I think the team is aware that that's something they need to work on. Yeah, I, 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 that's a great point about you know like if it's if it's not a playoff team and, and maybe this is the time to try a, a new formation and you know we talked a bit about that after the the Montreal game when we were really looking for answers of you know what's the identity of this team and um, yeah it, it it does really raise the question of um, is that why we're so excited Sam you and I particularly right that we like finally did roll out and try something new. And, and that's got us a little bit biased, but, you know, to Joshua, your point and, and, and John, you as well, like we obviously didn't get the result we should have gotten tonight, you know, on paper against this team. And, you know, how, how long is it going to be? We're trying new things. And, and when is it going to be, you know, we're getting the results because the schedule doesn't get any easier. Got to stay positive though, right guys? We've got a lot, we've got a lot more soccer to go. We're trying to, I, I know on the show, we, we we're, we're trying to make sure that we are, uh, not being too doom and gloom because there's so much more soccer to watch. And if we're already there, if we're already on the edge, uh, and <laughs> it's going to make for another really, really long season. So we all got to just hope that we can find some good hope. That, all right. For instance, let's hope that Julian Gressel, he, I think he could build on tonight. Yes. Good start. Yeah. I agree. Good. One of his best on that. And better than Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, all, and, and Edison Flores, he got, 20 minutes, and Ben said the reason for that was that we're trying to keep him fresh for the rest of the games. All right, great. Opportunity to build on that, too. I want to see more out of him. Maybe we will. I want to see Ola Kamara stay healthy for more than three games in a row. Uh, and then I want to see these young players continue to get opportunities. Whatever happens with where this team finishes is what happens, but at least let's see some let's see some positive uh, outcomes for some of these individual players. I love it. And that's, that's great. And that's all I want to say. Thank you, guys, and uh, good luck, uh doing the rest of this uh, the rest of the show. Yeah. Here's there. Woo woo. <laughs> Thanks so much for the call, John. Stay safe Bye, and uh, we'll chat soon. Take care. That's what happens when you dial up the call in line. Uh <laughs> enjoying the show. We appreciate uh the interaction with all of our listeners. Um yeah, John know. had some great comments too. He did. I, I, I was, liked how he ended with the positivity. Obviously. I was gonna I was expecting what we see in our chats most of the time, which is like <laughs> lost and out and, and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> Look, uh, uh, John seemed pretty level-headed about about the game, and I think he, oh man, it was a little bit matter-of-fact about the aspirations of this club this this season, but I can't say he's wrong. Yeah, I don't think he's wrong at all. I mean, well, I, and I think we all kind of knew that deep down, right? I don't know if that's an acceptable place to be, though. Like, the number of times that we've come into a season saying, hey, you know, we're maybe a piece or two away, or maybe, you know, we've got options. Yes, there have been terrible seasons, you know, 2017, 2013, horrible years but the number of times that you come into a season thinking hey you know things could work out here and we've got another 17 games left in the season there's plenty of opportunity to get points and to really grow into it yeah i don't know if i'm at the point necessarily where i would say well throw whatever at the wall and see what happens like love to see playing the young guys love to see you know changing things up but at some point it's got to it's got to have results. Well, I think, I think that's such a good point that we have so many games left because it doesn't feel like that because we only have the next, what, like five, six games in like televised in front of us. So I think that in MLS, like in a normal year, you have time to grow into your team, right? The best teams in MLS are not the ones who start off really strong. So I think that if this were a regular season and we were, what, five games in, like, yeah, we'd probably be a little bit disappointed, but we'd be like, okay, we're starting to find Sam, our stride. Sam, you're starting this to sound like first... a broken record. I heard you say this after the Colorado game. I heard you say this after the <laughs> Toronto game. And look, we're still here now and throughout the season. And I, but that was I respect four John's games opinion. ago, not 18 I res- games ago, I right? Respect- like. 
the consensus that this team is not a big uh, look. It's not an MLS contender. I think it's a playoff team. You have Ola Kamar, who I think's worst goal total for a season in MLS was 14. You have Edison Flores, who's the record sign, record transfer fee in DC United's history. Yeah, Paul's a setback, but you still have a bunch of players that are capable. And this team is not performing to their value. This team on paper is better than Cincy. This team on paper should win against Cincy on the road. And if they yeah, but don't, nobody wins any games on paper. If if they don't, well, there's a problem with that, and that's the implementation of the squad, right? I I don't know that that's I don't know that that's the case right now, right? Yeah, I mean, it's this not is as where is our attack? What's the plan for attack? It seems like <laughs> uh, put seven defenders. In, Sounds like in, we might have a good comment uh, in the seven defenders on the field, and, and then. Hope for Kamara to do something. Well, yeah, okay. So, so that's a hope fair for point, Segura right? to do something because so that's actually. Who we're playing. So I thought Segura was was fairly decent up top tonight, much better than he's been recently alone. But I, I didn't like seeing Kamara in behind. Right? I mean, Kamara, as as you said, has has made a career in MLS of being up top and and finishing. Right? Finishing. And he was service not, is what he needs. He, well, not only did he not get the service, but he also wasn't in, in the position to receive the service, right? I mean, it seemed like Segura was much more up top than him. Yeah, Camaro's switching with Paredes a, a lot, and John, you were worried about it. You're like, what is he doing so deep? We need him up top. It, yeah. And that's just the formation that this was. I, I, maybe since he realized that that was a weakness in, in our formation is that Kamara would have to switch, and so they attacked that side. So, Joshua, let, let me... I mean, you're you're obviously the most frustrated, I think, of the group right now. It, working with what this team has, right? I mean, this 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 is the roster. Mm-hmm. The transfer window's open, but global pandemic, not a lot of funding coming in. I, I'm not terribly optimistic we're going to make too many other moves. So, so what is the the formation and the lineup that you run out there to 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 fix the scoring? Blows? First things first, I send Segura to the Loudon. And he never starts for DC United again. That's he, Joshua's only move. Segura's number eight because he's not quite a nine or a ten. Uh, he doesn't deserve to be up there. Uh, and so we play people in their positions. Assad can be a cam. That's fine. I'm okay with that today. If Flores wasn't ready to start, if Flores was ready to maybe sub in, maybe start Pipa for 60 minutes. I, I don't know. The injury excuse has been used almost every single game. That feels I would play people in the position and allow them attacking freedom. It doesn't feel like we have that. It feels like we defend, 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 and then when we get the ball across half field, we just sit there. No, I disagree. I think I I don't remember if I said this or if I got cut off and I said it uh, during the press conference, but the, all of our center backs definitely had that freedom to move up. Our field. center backs. Yeah, but we saw that. <laughs> but then we saw that in the whole first half that we were pushing and we were pushing. And we were in their half most of the game. So if we had continued that throughout the entire game, I think you'd be singing a different tune. But your like, recency bias is like you're just looking at that second half and no, not the first. But we're watching the same DC United team that we – it seems like it's a broken record. When you watch them, they have opportunities to go forward either down the wing or you know, occasionally you get a, a flash of brilliance. But you have no expectation that they're going to be able to put it together in front of the net and actually put it in the back. That's, this DCI team is not clinical yet, for sure. No. And I think that that's fair that we don't have like a striker who just puts balls to the back of the net. Well, I, and that's I th- what they I do. I think we do, though. My argument is that I, we have a 14, at least a 14 goal a season striker. Uh, yeah, I, I think I do agree with Joshua that we're not setting Kamara up for success. But okay. I, I, don't, yeah, I don't know that I agree, Joshua, that you know the players are being told tactically to, to not go forward and attack. I don't think, I, that's, I don't it think that's it at all. Not in this game. And you heard Especially Ben say that game. every so, game is going to be different. Kamara is a target nine. That's how you have to play him. 
you either have to cross the ball into him or have a number 10 or a decent number eight play balls into them to the middle. And we do neither of those. So if we're not attacking from wide or in the middle, what are we doing when we're on the ball? I and think attacking? That we were in the first half, though. We just... What and, balls and, were played in? Didn't put them away. And then you're tied 0-0 at, in the 60th minute and you pull off your target striker. Do you think so? I don't agree with that. Right, I, I, I don't I, agree with that. I understand that I mean, he's that had happened. injury issues and that's, you know, been talked about that a little bit. Yeah, I think game. that was designed to keep him fresh. But, but the fair. fact that you have no other options really going forward, like, did anyone really expect Segura to score a goal in that last 30 minutes? No, no I, I think we all hoped Pitbull was going to score, right? I mean, and that was what we saw in Orlando. Was that was the way this team? No, no, no. What we saw in Orlando is the goalkeeper passing the ball to Pippa and scoring. We didn't see a goal pattern in Orlando at all. Well, we only scored three goals in Orlando. So. I mean, that kind of that's we, the we point. <laughs> we don't know how this team is trying to score. No, we don't. We uh, know that they want to go. They try to go forward. You know, they've been trying different things. But at the end of the day, you can't say that you know scoring X goals is DC's calling card. Yeah, but that's my point: is that this is such a different game plan from what we saw in Orlando when we're basically starting over again. And like, yes, yeah, Cincy and the rest of the league are doing that, but specifically DC United are starting over again. This is very different from what we've seen from their last games. And I, I think that we need to give them a grace period to figure that out. Well, and we're live here on Tried and True, the DC United post game podcast presented by Heineken, and, and related to that. Uh, we do have a question on, on our YouTube live. And of course, if you're listening and would like to join the conversation, because boy, this has been a fun one <laughs> thus far tonight. You can do that uh, a number of ways. YouTube live is one way. You can use the hashtag tried and true DCU on Twitter, uh, or you can call uh, or text the show on our call line at 202-892-6328. DCU. Or you can join us on Periscope. That's right. Sam is monitoring the Twitter Periscope. Live. Where yep. There's just <laughs> comments flying through and it's hard to keep up. But but to Mark uh, on, on our YouTube channel, uh, Felipe obviously was out with a red card tonight. Uh, it was, you know, it should have been a red card, wasn't. And the league came back and, and told uh, Which told Pro apparent. that, you know, yeah. hey, we're just going to go ahead and suspend apparent. him for a game anyway. So he was suspended. Um, O'Neal Fisher and Chris Duyachin were out with injuries. So the question is, were you surprised by tonight's formation? given who was available to play? Yes. I mean, we were all... I think we were all We were all sitting here like... Very Even regardless shocked. of who's available, I think we're surprised, but at the same time, you've got a team that just went out and made a trade for another center back. When you well, would have yeah. thought going into it, hey, we've got two, and then another guy, Donovan Pines, who I think all of us would like to see on the field more. If you are going to try to do this, you know, three at the back playing that multiple center back approach, then yeah, that that move makes a lot more sense. So I guess looking I back on it, like... you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but sure. No, uh, I, I want to ask you guys, uh, so do you think with this formation, I, which I, I'll admit I, I like the formation, even though it is a bit defensive, I'd like to see us build around the attack. Like um, do you think Felipe, Fisher, or Odietzum start in this formation? Because Odietzum and Fisher would have to replace Gressel as the wing back, and I don't think they bring enough. I think wow. Felipe does. I, Felipe, yeah, I think, Felipe, see, repla- I think Felipe does. Who does he replace? It's either Canals or Moreno, right? And I don't think yeah. I don't think Olsen takes one of those defensive mids out. Well, I think I would like it. I think it would be better, a more balanced team. I, I maybe think Donovan comes out and uh, Canals pushes back. Well, I think we're saying Felipe in this formation, in. right? So yeah, that's you, what I'm so saying. So you play Canals as one of those. Yeah, so you play Canals as an outside defensive player, which oh, we've no. played him in the outside past. Outside center back for Canals is interesting. Oh no. Yeah, I don't. I don't do I'm not saying that's what I would do. I'm saying I could see that that's what <laughs> I, DC United would do. So I, what I would say is, you know, you've got a very physical um, and 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 active defensive mids on this team. 
I think having an odd man out on that is, is actually ideal, and you yeah. just rotate one through. That that's that's perfect. I, I think that's the area of the field where I'm the most confident because whether you got a red card, whether you got somebody injured, or you're just dogged, you can move somebody through. We are so used to not having depth that it is shocking to say, mm-hmm. hey, at, on any given day, we could roll out two of these three guys. And it will be fine. Well, and what's interesting about depth, and you're absolutely right, it's been years since I felt like we had depth anywhere on the field. Just don't mention Ford. Yeah. <laughs> but if we're going to keep this formation going, we've we've now got depth at center back too, you know, with, with the signing. So I'm I'm excited for Axel. He was, I played MLS Fantasy back in like 2016, and he was <laughs> non-starter. He was, he, he was the greatest center back, maybe player in MLS Fantasy because he was that good. He won <laughs> MLS Defender of the Year. Well, and, and I think, you know, I, I remember texting you guys um, when the trade went through, and I was like, well, this is kind of weird. Like, I, I feel bad that Emma didn't really get any minutes with the team. But, you know, the, uh, Dave and Devin made a great point tonight that, um, I mean, really, it's because of the emergence of guys like Paredes and, and, and Griffin Yao. It's like, well, he's, you hate to say, but he's a little bit expendable, and you bring in the depth where you need it. It was a good move. Yeah, sure. and also I... You know, I was on DC United Kingdom's podcast earlier this week, and y'all teased me a bunch. Plug but that one in. No, you, you teased <laughs> me a bunch of my comment on this podcast, but I, I think that that's a really smart move, seeing as, you know, Briant's just getting older. You know, Pines is very injury-prone, so I don't see the harm in bringing in another center back and looking. I think this is a very forward-thinking move, which I appreciate it, out of DC it's United. It's perfect if this formation sticks around. And Even also, if not, I think. Also went back and forth. Yeah, and, and I, I agree, especially with John, that – Yao and Paredes make up for that speed that we Emma was supposed to be speed off the bench or maybe starting and, and he never really got his his feet on the ground really um but we have that in Yao and Paredes who who started tonight we should we should stop it and give props yeah, we to should, that we should and there was a moment there where I think a little all, all four of us died a little bit when we thought he was going to be down oh my uh, goodness he, he hopped right back up uh but no it was it was great to see him out there and and I, I thought he put in a great shift yeah and you know just speaking to all the games coming up and the rotation that's happening um it just says rfk refugees i'm assuming it's john because he's obviously up but he said um felipe and moreno can obviously rotate and that was i was going to make yeah. that comment as well i can see that yeah. rotation happening and russell's That's probably continuing about it, right? there yeah. Yeah. going into the season if you did think we had depth at one position it was going to be you know outside mid between having assad and gressel and boateng mm-hmm. and all the Areola other guys Areola. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean it, that was one of those positions where you thought hey if we could just find a way to get all those guys in the field, like making a move to send Boateng off, I would have liked to see more out of him. I think, you know, he's shown that he can succeed in this league, but unfortunately it just never seemed to really come together for him here. But love to see Paredes getting those minutes, getting an opportunity. You know, we've been happy every time we've seen him get on the field and hopefully that continues. Yeah. I like seeing Yao get those minutes at the end too. You know, experience is great. And I think that we're going to see a, a, bit more from him we gotta too. see moses soon right it's gotta uh, be oh coming. i'm sure i and think he's a bit younger than the others so yeah. olsen might be taking his time with him you're right i also you know we had the opportunity to listen to the pregame press conference and ben said that we were going to see a lot of the younger players so I, sure. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him come on as a sub a couple times over the next the rest of the season really so we've glossed over it a couple times tonight um john brought it up uh when he called in and, and we we heard about it a little bit in in the interviews but um guys where are we at with Edison Flores right now because it's to me it's such a mixed bag I was frustrated when he came on I I actually thought that that substitution was what kind of just took well because I agree yeah I totally agree that was was Kamara coming off it was 
but it's interesting uh, because if you look at just general Twitter comments beforehand, everyone was really mad because they were like, where is Flores? You know, we paid so much for him. Why is he not starting? Um, but I would completely agree. I think it deflated the team a little bit when he came onto the field. Well, yeah. it, it, I will say, though, and, and as he to me, this was the game that he actually started to grow into. And, and by the end, he made a couple of silky moves. He, he was running balls down. He he didn't have enough time to really like fully grow into this game because he came on so late. But I, 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 I personally, I'm struggling with I'm running out of excuses for the guy. I mean, he is uh, our, our our biggest. You yeah, know, this I, this year is a wash for me. It's been I, a weird year I, for I, sure. I'm I think this year is a wash for everybody I mean, a little bit, but you still want to see us succeed. But by no means am I going to be an Edison Forrest apologist. Like he's your record signing. He needs to come in and make an, yeah. an impact. But I will cut him more than his fair share of slack considering the year considering you know coming from overseas into into a situation that very difficult to adjust to expecting to be the guy i'm gonna reserve judgment on flores for now but he needs to at least be putting himself in position to start games if he's not out there starting games putting in those big minutes was it a knock this one was it a was he injured or um i i believe I think coach olsen said they just wanted to save him for other games so they gave him a break which is a little bit too i obviously said earlier that it says something that pines is starting but there are a lot of games coming you know i was getting ready to say obviously he's not showing it in practice to be starting for this game but I, I kind of stand by that a little bit. You well, know, I, I didn't start that way. But if this is supposedly our easiest game of the run, right, why isn't he starting? He's clearly not showing. There is no coach, including Ben Olsen, who's going to say, hey, you know, this guy is a huge presence on our team. We can just do without him for this game. Yeah. And clearly he isn't. We'll sit sh- him. He hasn't shown that yet. We don't uh, have the points to be look, able to uh, say that. I look, agree, Black. I, I got to get it in. Uh, sorry, Black. But he, he's $10 million less than Barco. 13 million less than Pitti Martinez. I, and those guys were afforded time to gel in their squads and they're really not performing game in and game out yet. So look, he's a South American American transfer with a lot of hype and they got their coach fired. Yeah. Yeah. But he's a South American transfer with a lot of hype. Let's, let's let him integrate into the league. Cause we've seen that a few times that that's what it takes for the, these guys to click. And so I'm going to be patient with Flores and, and let him grow into this because we're not even sure what position he plays. If he should be on the left wing where he plays for his national team or he should be at the 10 where he played in the Mexico. If he's so, not the 10, who's the 10? I'm, Lucho Acosta. Oh my God. <laughs> I was about to say shifting back to DC United oh and then you went way too far back. Paul. <laughs> I, Man, <laughs> yeah, talk to, we're talking about depth. You know, it's, yeah, it's a question. Didn't of, Julian play that though? He played in the middle, right? He preferred to play in, out wide in but, like college. He played yeah. right back for Atlanta. They, tr- they, tried, mean, they tried to play Julian at the you know in the mid, and it worked ish. But yeah, you'd much rather see Julian with those wicked crosses coming in from the the outside. I mean, yeah, like, and he he said he has said in several interviews. I think he said it on our show that he preferred to play out wide, but he's going to do whatever the team wants him to do. Um, but I think it's kind of a situation of whatever the team wants him to do because I think that's I, a valid question is who is your other number 10? If and- Flores can't play the 10 if he's a left winger and, and that's where he fits in this team, I think one, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think him on the left wing and Paul on the right wing is dangerous. And I think With Gressel in the middle. I'm DC not United has to fill that third DCP spot and get a real number 10 for the first I'm time in history. Well, the good news is they did just sign the, the sleeve sponsor deal with Eagle Bank. <laughs> so that could be funding the third DP. Um, I got to shout out both uh, Stephen Hayne and Mark Kuzik on, on YouTube for reminding us. It, ben, as Ben said earlier, uh, Flores has only actually been back at, at training for about a week. 
So it does make some sense that that could have been, uh, you know, I'm sure that was the reason why we didn't see him until late in the game. And hopefully we'll see him. All right, uh, go back. He's still our number 10. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were re-signing Lucho. (laughs) I mean, if I could. We'll we'll do a whole other show on that at some point. Yeah, that's going to be a special. I mean, we do we do play in what four or five days so yeah tuesday Tuesday night. yeah so um uh, new england again as if we haven't seen them recently i mean new england theoretically historically <sighs> should be another easy team i think i think historically a lot yeah yeah we gotta you be should, careful you should that. develop a recency bias like me and <laughs> live in the present because these united's maybe not as good as the reps now so we did. I think I would say they're about on, on even footing. But I would anyways. say that too. I don't think the Revs are superbly I mean, better than us. You would look at standings. Sure, maybe the Revs are a little bit ahead of us, but in terms of you know, expectations for the team, probably relatively similar, right? Like you expect that both teams are probably a team that can make the playoffs, especially with expanded playoffs, but not really a team that you're afraid of playing come. Well, I was going to say October, but whenever the playoffs happen to be an issue. <laughs> I won't say I, I want to say... Mid-2023. Our, yeah. our team's afraid to play DC United right now. Moving on. Well, <laughs> no, I, that, that's a fair question. And, and I think they're afraid to s- score against DC United. We I don't think pretty DC United's solid an easy matchup. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't give up many goals. We're not an obvious three-point team. I, I think you go out there and say... If I were coaching another team against DC United, I'd say you go out there and score, you're probably going to get a result. The but only, are you going to score? Only, three, only team that's dropped all three points to us this year. It was their second game ever. Okay. This is also a weird year. Uh, and I, I will never, I don't think anyone is arguing. Six that games DC, in now. I don't think anyone is arguing that DC United is like an offensive powerhouse either. But yeah, we're also, think... which teams have beaten us? Just one, right? No, that's my point. Is that it's and not Colorado, like we've, but yeah. Well, it, okay, but it's not like we've lost every single game, right? right? So, like, I think I think that we're There's not. a lot of. We don't give up like, an, an easy three points. If our bar is not losing every single game, then yes, we should clear that. But we're I, in the middle of a pandemic, like <laughs> so is I every other team. I think it's fair though, because again, I would not have argued at the beginning of this season that we were an offensive. John, pull the standings but, real quick. Louise. I, I I'm still stunned that the the pre-game notes. <laughs> that we pulled together said that Cincinnati was above us in the standings. And after that game, they still are. Um, l- let's go back to the game just really briefly. We've, we've hit on a number we of things. And John said, let's get the tag on track. I, I'll tell you, this has been an interesting show. It <laughs> certainly was not the... Uh, All over the place, really. The order we had written down here, but but we audible on the show. Um, <laughs> we talked about, obviously, um, the, the Pines header that, that could have been on target. We talked about the, the substitution of Flores coming on for Kamara and how that changed the game. I do want to. Obviously, we we had the um, the challenge of not having our broadcast crew um, on site, which with a pandemic actually probably makes some sense right now. I will say I do have to shout out the stream was glorious. Um, we we watched the entire game uh, because we're in the DC United. Not used to that coming from Flow. <laughs> yeah, we're being in in the geo radius. Um, the streaming quality was outstanding. So was, kudos to yeah. the team. For there was that. a little bit of chatter about who we were about thirty seconds behind the other games that were happening um, on ESPN Plus. But to have uh, yeah Devin and Dave, I think that everyone was like, "Yep, I will take it." No, it was great, and and I know RFK refugees noted it as well as I did. The um, the ESPN graphics package was a welcome addition to whatever we were using before this um but there was a moment where uh locadia hit the post in a in a situation where that that should have been a goal he had largely an open target in front of him 
I gotta believe he was offsides or damn close to it, uh, just based on the run up to that. Surely. But yeah, I, I don't think there was any disagreement that had that ball found the back of the net that the flag would have popped up. Been they probably go, or at least we looked at it if the flag didn't yeah. pop up. We spent a couple minutes looking at VAR and then we you know, move on with our day. We could have had a couple extra minutes of this game. <laughs> <laughs> would that have done it? I don't know if in the second half it would have really done uh, a lot. Well, yeah. and I hate, I hate to bring it back up, but you know, we were talking about standings. FC Cincinnati with the tie today is currently in the seventh spot, which you know we don't know exactly what the playoffs are going to look like. But that's I think very hundred teams get in the playoffs. Is that what the, <laughs> well, the new rules are? More teams in the East than the West, which is you <laughs> DC know. United still sitting in tenth. Uh, which theoretically is enough to get in, I right? That, Ten teams of the East are getting in. Is. I yeah, think there's a little yeah. bit of a playoff situation, like a play. Uh, in game, that's though. so sad. It, There's it, only four teams so not in. It is so weird having 17 games left at this point. You know, normally September, yeah. you're thinking, "Hey, we've got six games." Yeah, this was when Seattle start winning every game, which well, is my point, right? Yeah. Like, we can't think about it like a typical September for DC United, and we cannot judge it through that lens. Uh, this is this is weird for me. I don't normally immediately come to Sam's defense on this show, but I, I agree, Sam. I, Sam. I, uh, let's not get carried away. But um, <laughs> th- that's so true, right? Like, look at some of the teams that have been successful over the past few years they've been trashed into the early summer even and then they just go on a tear they make some signings they make it happen dc united aren't in terrible shape that's what no, i'm but saying they're certainly not in we, we can't have it both ways MLS Cup we, we can't at the same time be saying hey it's time to play the kids and you know choose different formations and do all these different things and you know see what happens and also say Oh well, we've got plenty of time to sort it yeah. out. You know, well, at, I, at some point you have to say I, this is the team that we're going to. This is how we're going to win games. This is how we're going to score goals. That's a hundred percent fair. I think the question really becomes: Do you think this team's good enough to make the playoffs? Which I, I think they are, especially with this expanded playoff. It, it, but we we can we can debate that. But from there. Do they have enough talent to hit a groove and make a run in the playoffs? Because so, this isn't a you know single table that they could not compete in. I, right? I think what Black is saying is that you can't be in a rebuild and be one piece away at the same time. And MLS is closer than most leagues, but I, I don't think you can be both at the same time. So I think that we're a talented enough team where me saying let's change up the lineup and let's start the kids is not me saying that we're in a rebuilding year, right? I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. I think that... Kevin Paredes is good enough to get some starts and us be a playoff team. I think we're a good enough team on paper to be able to mix it up with our lineups and play three in the back for a couple games and still be able to make a tear through this league, right? I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. This is terrifying how much I'm agreeing with Sam tonight, but I'm not quite on hashtag Team Sam yet. We're still live here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. Uh, You can join the show using the hashtag Tried and True DCU or by jumping in the chat in any of our live streams or, of course, by texting uh, or calling the show at 202-892-6328. That's 202-892-6DCU. And we'll take a second here to shout out our sponsors uh, at Across the Pond who um, have done wonders uh, with, with reopening. They've got um, outdoor seating in the, in the front and in the back. Uh, they've got excellent social distancing, contact tracing, the whole nine yards. If you're, if you're interested in eating uh, in, indoors, right, and, and you're feeling up to it. Or in restaurant, really, because you can also be outdoors. Absolutely. Um, but they've got great food. They deliver. Um, they DoorDash, do, I think yeah, they, yeah, they've got a couple services. Uh, takeout's great. Uh, and, of course, they show um, pretty much every soccer game you're interested in. So, And if it's not on already, ask, and they will put it on. But, but definitely the DC United games. Yes, for absolutely. absolutely. DC United games. Um, and I believe we have a promo code with them. 
We do. Still? Uh, okay, it, yeah. That's a, that's a great reminder that I should have had ready here. Um, I think it was podcast, podcast, right? Podcast, promo code podcast for 5% off I your I believe order. it was 5% off, yeah. Yeah, so so definitely check that out. Uh, give them some business. And um, we're, we're in talks about potentially doing a show live there at some point when, when conditions allow. And um, if, if, uh, if, if we can make that happen, hopefully we'll have some of you guys join us but um we, we've obviously got some great interactions here uh richard joining the youtube uh chat is saying you know, saw tonight how ariel and gressel oh, could play together i love this i love um, this wait who ariel and gressel could potentially play together oh, okay. we're seeing that tonight okay, okay. right uh and dc united should continue in a three-five-two. when ariel returns he could slot into segura's spot and keep gressel as a winger that that's that's interesting richard was his name i completely agree <laughs> i loved this lineup today i thought it was very interesting Yep, Richard. Thank you very much, Black. I think it was. I think it was such an interesting lineup. I think we showed really well, and I think it was. It was sad for me to hear that Ben say that this was not going to be our typical lineup because I would love to see it more and more. I think it, it gave the team the flexibility, and I think that the team covered for each other. Right? We said it um, when Paredes went down. Who was tracking back for him? Kamara. Kamara. Yeah. So I think that the team was very flexible, and you know. We've spoken about it. We've kind of spoken around it throughout the entire show is we have a team of players who are very fluid in their positioning. Like we have players who can play this, that, this, that, and the lineup like this allows them to all play wherever they're comfortable and then cover if they're a little bit uncomfortable and then fly into wherever else they're comfortable. So I would love to see it happen. I think especially it, with I Paul. think I want to put emphasis on the Ariola and Gressel because we need our best players on the field, especially our creative attacking players, and I feel very strongly that if we can get Ariola and Gressel linking up together, that's look, Gressel can provide service. That's his strong suit. Ariola can provide runs in behind and, and that's his strong suit. Have we seen Gressel do that? Well, I was going to say, I, I got, I, I got to bust you a little bit. Gressel hasn't done anything for DC United this season. So, so I, I, who I'm has waiting done anything to see for that, DC United this season. we haven't seen uh, it. Brian and Egwene. Brianna. Don't look at me. Set pieces I'm just saying, I'm and just a saying, goalkeeper pass to you don't count. I'm just saying that <laughs> you, you, I mean, you talk about one of the Gressel. greatest chips of the season. <laughs> Gressel had, a, the, Gressel had the, the best chance in the game today, right? And he skied it probably because that's all he did all game. No, you guys were screaming and shouting. I'm saying that Gressel looked a lot more comfortable this game than he did at all in Orlando. He looked so For out sure. of his element. But I haven't seen the Gressel of Atlanta that we all expected no. to see well, in D.C. yet. How many times have we seen anybody sending crosses in or even having a target to go to? We talked about Kamara being a target striker. No, we also just said that... Kam- uh, he's not getting the crosses that he expects. He's not getting the crosses he needs to score. So which is it? I think my point is that it's a formation and tactics problem. That that's not part of the game plan. Why right? wasn't that today though? Why why didn't yeah, we see I, that I, in I don't today's tactics? That. I don't think we saw the necessary Gre- service. Russell was today. playing on the opposite side of Kamar. Kamar was tracking back on the left side while Russell was playing on the other wing. How is he provide crosses for him? Because when the ball's over there, you shift over and you make the run in the box. That's not an argument. Uh, look, we we haven't seen any goals this year, and you can't blame Gressel for not providing service when I can because he has when no one is. No, but also Gressel hasn't, and I would love to see more of it. And I think that he has it in him, it, and that's why I'm saying this. I think it's a bit of a chicken and egg problem here, right? Of like, you can't provide assists to you, no goal scorers. Yeah. And you well, can't, you but can't you score. Your biggest argument assist. on the show is that we have an all-time goal scorer. Yeah, I don't. You're, He's playing as a left wing back. But Joshua's He's not though. He was. Kamara? Yes. He was filling in for Paredes on the overlap when he was on injured one that play. one time. John, you turned to me in the middle of the game and said, "Why is Kamara back on our back line?" 
because that happened multiple times. He was times. injured he was that one time. Back, yeah, Paredes. He when wasn't you're making the attacking the runs forward, no, he was up top, and Gressel could have served into him, you're and right. he didn't. DC Nine is not scoring goals because Gressel is not providing crosses. He's not. Oh, that that is part <laughs> of the problem. The other part of the problem is that it's, we haven't had in position Kamara enough. He's been same. Hurt for a also, part both of, of them are true. Yes, that's why it's a chicken and egg problem. And and, and Stephen Hayne points out here on YouTube that. It is going to be tough for DC United's base system to include two strikers if your roster only includes one striker uh, who, who's never been 90 minutes fit. And then that's true. Um, you know, I, I think to ideally play a 3-5-2 that we've all enjoyed here tonight, um, you, you got to have another striker or two. Um, I, I still think there's a chance that we see more from Sorga at, at some point. I, I'm not ready to write him off entirely. I'm not either. But I, I think I do Bruno think, has. Well, we have to see him. And we yeah, have, for sure. You know, again, it's hard to say that because it does feel like it's been a very long season when it's only really been a couple of games. But you've got to see him at some point. Yeah, I, I, I keep going back to the original question of we don't know how this team wants to score goals. Right. You know, if it's sending crosses in, if it's trying to play through the middle, if it's wow. you know kicking the ball downfield and hoping that our striker is faster, we don't know how we expect to score. And we saw that in the second half of today's game. You know, especially when legs get tired down the, the toward the end of the game, you bring in guys like EYN who've scored, who've shown they can make some magic happen. We don't know how this team is trying to score goals, and you've got to score goals to win games. Yeah, that's 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 something they're going to have to figure out in short order here because these games come thick and fast. <laughs> There's no way around it. Uh, DC United, obviously, we said turn around. They play Tuesday uh, at home. Um, against the New England Revolution, and um, well, it's a team we've seen recently. What do we think we see uh, formation-wise? Obviously, Ben alluded to the fact that this isn't you know what we're going to see every week, and I, I will point out on that. Um, you know, Sam, I hear your your displeasure with Ben not committing to playing the system that we like so much tonight, but it it is tough for me to hear complaints about. Olsen not willing to, to commit to one system while also we're happy that we're doing something new. I I think he's trying to adapt to the team that we're playing against. And I think the challenge we're seeing, though, is what you guys just highlighted, which is, okay, we might play a style that's capable of, of you know, matching up well, but we still got to finish. I mean, he said that, right? He said that in MLS, you have coaches who are able to adapt within the game and they're able new. to switch up very their lineups. very new in this league. Yeah, but I... I I, I would hope that Ben would like bring his own tactics to the, I think he spends too much time trying to react to the other team. Right. I think, and we've, that's what Benny ball is. We that's what we've always first. seen. Yeah. So I, I, I wish that he would bring a little bit more of attacking to that. I, I, res, I respect how he's saying that he's like, obviously reading the game. You know, a lot of people just think he's like blind and like just playing what he hopes will win. I think that that's not the case. And he kind of pointed that out today. I've never thought that was the case, but I, I, wish that we would take a little bit more offensive and feel the game out and also be willing to kind of be flexible throughout the game. Also, he's not going to tell Bruce Arena, hey, I'm going to line up in the 3-5-2 I mean, yes, also, that's game. a good point, clearly. True, true. <laughs> Bruce Arena listening to Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. He's got scouts for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did have former DC United player listening that, that uh, a couple weeks ago, though, didn't we? Andy Nahar. Yeah, that's right, sure Andy Nahar was here. listen to this podcast. It was almost Sam's Two final seconds. episode. <laughs> no, it is my actual <laughs> highlight of doing this. I think I'd gotten his old school jersey like three days beforehand, so it was really just fate for me. <laughs> so tonight, obviously, um, 3-5-2, we enjoyed it. 
It didn't yield three points. It did yield a result on the road. And Donovan Pines was named man of the match from DC United. Um, around this group here, we've obviously got to do the same thing and award a man of the match. We have to, right? We do. We do have to do that. Um, Joshua, you've been the most opinionated tonight by a mile, so you get to go first. You. Shocker. Um, can I skip? I, I'm not ready. No, yet. you've had so many opinions tonight. You got nobody? Uh, literally, I have no one. Is that the problem? Does anyone stand out to you? Uh, All right. Look, the, Paredes for yeah. making an appearance, making a start, and fitting in. It's a little a, bit of a cop out, right? I, I was going to say, yeah, no, what, a, what a cop season. out. I don't yeah. know. Is it a cop out? Did yet? you want me to name a Cincy player? Because if <laughs> not, if it's not Paredes, it's a Cincy player. Because who they, also <laughs> scored zero goals? I, I, Lacadia painted like the them. inside of the post for DC United. Pines <laughs> also had a pretty good they had like opportunity. two shots on yeah. target. <laughs> so you want me to give Pines for a missed header? Pines also had a very good game of. Like, outside of that. He played great with his seven other defensemen. Um, I'm going to get Paredes for a good start in MLS. He looks like he belongs there, and hopefully he can keep improving and, and, and become a star in this league. Michael Black. Yeah, you know, I, I understand why the team chose Donovan as the man of the match. He had the opportunity that we all thought was going to be the go-ahead, and that very much changes the rest of the game and changes the way things go. Unfortunately, it didn't find the back of the net. I have to agree with Joshua. I think Kevin being out there and not making any major errors, that's the biggest thing that you want out of a guy making his first start is to put in a solid shift, put the minutes in, not actively set your team back. And he really did look like he belonged out there. We saw some of that from his performances down in Orlando. Things are paying off for him. I'd love to see him more. At the same time, you know, as we talked about, we've got we had a lot of depth at the beginning of the season at outside midfielder. And if we are now settling into having a rookie filling that role, that's great, but it probably means we need to make some other moves to fill in the other holes because MLS roster rules do not let you have massive depth at each area. So for me, Kevin's the player of the game, but it's not a outstanding performance. Sam Kastner. So I think I agree with DC United. I'd give it what I'd give it to points. Um, I think that he played really well. He played really, you know, physical defense. I think he had opportunities up top. And I also think that he's a relatively inexperienced center back who is asked to play in a formation that they don't typically practice, you know, maybe for the past couple weeks. But in his history with D.C. United, they've not played three in the back. So I think that he adapted well. I think he did really well. And I'd agree with D.C. United. Yeah, Donovan Pines was absolutely the man of the match tonight. I mean, he was fairly dominant in the air. Uh, obviously you would like to have seen that goal go in. Um, the guys had very few minutes, probably under triple digit minutes uh, over the past year plus. Um, I thought he was, he played great in the air. It was interesting, you know, watching him track back a few times. I know I made the comment to you guys, like it is, it is tough to watch a, a guy of the size and stature of Donovan uh, tracking back, you know, one-on-one with a player, but he didn't get beat. That's you know, what he, I mean. he, he was very he made physical the without giving away the fouls. He put my man through the boards the one time. I thought the Adidas <laughs> graphic was going to shatter. Look, I'm thrilled to see Donovan out there. Um, I, I Obviously, we all love Kevin. He he had a great game. Um, I, I think as much flack as we've given Gressel, he played. Uh, this was probably his best game for DC United, which is probably. a terribly low bar. Um, one guy who I've given a lot of crap to over the last few games who I thought played pretty well tonight was Jamil Assad. So I'll give he him as a bit of an yeah. honorable mention. We haven't talked much about him tonight. I thought he was a little bit better on the ball, a little bit more confident than what we've seen out of him. Better than in Orlando. Compared and I think, to what, yeah. 
Well, and, and you know, with with Assad, right? I mean, he's he's another guy who hasn't had a ton of minutes over the past two years. I mean, he went back to Argentina and basically sat on his couch. So, and he comes back here and then is relegated to his couch like the rest of us for several months. So, I, I think he was a part of a lot of those creative plays that we saw in the first half, too. A lot of plays that were one touch or it was a player who sent a bad touch and then they were able to create something out of nothing. I think he was a part of a lot of that in the center and I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, and he came out for for Pippa, um, so he didn't he didn't get a full game either. Yeah. Um, so Pippa, who was a little bit quiet, but that's really just compared to what we saw of him in Orlando. So yeah, Joshua, I'll give you the last word on DC United tonight because I know you've got thoughts. I, I'm pleased with the tactical approach. I, I put in our comments like, what are these tactics? I need grit and hustle, uh, and I really do. Oh, I'm super happy for for the tactics I wish they were more centered on the attacking phase because I feel like DC United are always good or close to good defensively I I, I don't want to watch more shutout football that's it I, I want to watch goals being scored and this team hasn't really provided that consistent goal scoring ability that I'm looking for look I agree I, but we looked better in that first half than we did in all of Orlando against yeah it, and I mean, I guess my question there is because because I, I agree with you, right? Like, I like watching shutouts, um, at least from the defensive side. But you're right; it's when much you're... it's much better when you can you know score a couple goals yourself, right? Um, but what do you do? I mean, do you go do you go four on four one like we played in the past to try to like move a little bit more into the attacking end? And you say, okay, like we'll we'll trust our back line to hold back. We'll push some more players so, forward. I thought we had a lot of players. So forward my problem tonight. is not that not that not that the implementation is terrible it's really well worked on the defensive side but it feels like that's always the emphasis like tonight it was really it was really fun to watch these center backs obviously knew what was going on they were easy like they were able to release one of them when when they had the ball i would wish that we would build our game plan around since we're not a counter-attacking team we can't build our 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 game plan around our defense we need to we need a way to score a goal you can't win a game if you never score Right. I think that we've tried to be a counterattacking team in the past, and that was not what we were today, and I appreciated seeing it. And again, I think that this is the first time we've seen the lineup, and I'm okay with going into it. Well, one of the teams in the D.C. area that's a lot of fun to watch, and they also got shut out this week, (laughs) but um, they they certainly had chances on goal, is Loudoun United. Um, The first D.C. team to actually play in front of a crowd, um, it looked very socially distant out there. Um, uh, reports 100% mask usage. Yeah, which was, which was great. Although I did see a promotional photo after the game where no one was wearing a mask, but I will just... Was that from before the pandemic? I, maybe. You never um, know. I'm still interested, obviously, in getting out there for, for a game at some point, but uh, it, it was it was fun to watch. They played against a, a really, in my opinion, a, a good and a difficult Pittsburgh Riverhounds team. They lost 2-0. Um, says the man from Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, listen, Pittsburgh, they've got a lot of attacking weapons. Loudon actually went down a man there, and, and they they could have made that a game. Loudon's a young team. They they've got – They don't um, have a lot of their key players because they're with D.C. United right now. Well, that's exactly it. And, and I don't know if it's because of, you know, fixture congestion now for D.C. United uh, or if it's concerns about just, like, moving players out of – I, I, it's not really a bubble anymore, but you know, but moving them from team forth, to team, yeah. yeah if, if there's there's COVID concerns, but I don't think we're going to see a lot of minutes at Loudon for a lot of these guys this year, yeah. really on on the DC roster. 
Um, Loudon play again at Hartford uh, for like the 412th time this season. <laughs> it's actually the third time they've played. And I believe all those games have been at Hartford, which is out of control. Uh, that's Sunday at 7. Uh, so looking forward to that. The, the spirit of training again. Uh, it sounds like the NWSL is, is actually going to have a few games Surprise. this fall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like nobody saw that. Uh, they sent all their players to Man City, and then they decided to bring back the league. Hey, you know. So <laughs> shouts to Rose Lavelle for going to Man City. I mean, and kudos to Washington for getting something out of that. Absolutely. You know, the way the NWSL rules are set up, they don't really get anything if players leave the league. So, you know, full credit to them for that. But. All right. Ben Olsen on the line. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> calling in on a different line here. Um, no, for sure. And and, and that's, um, I mean, if, if, if she comes back at some point, obviously the Spirit don't have the rights anymore, but getting getting some money, and, and especially in in these conditions, that, that it's definitely a good move for them. And it's tough to see Rose go, though. Although she didn't play very much for the Spirit, let's be honest. Uh, I mean, that no, the, she did it. not. And so I will kind of wonder, because they offloaded Pew this off season, it seemed like it was like one or the other. You got to keep Lavelle or, or, or Pew. But then there are also rumors of us getting O'Hara and obviously, uh. you know, they wanted Ashley Hatch, which is just not going to add someone else, which was just not going to happen. Um, I mean, there's still potential, you know, Kelly O'Hara really wants to play here. She obviously like lives and works in DC. Um, so I, I would love to see that happen. I love Kelly O'Hara. So I think, I think this isn't the end of the story for the spirit. And it's been really interesting to watch. I, I like Kelly O'Hara as much as everyone that follows the U.S. Women's National Team, but I don't think she's up there as far as, far as a franchise acquisition as Pew, Hatch, or Rose. I think that she brings a lot of energy and a lot of fighting power into the team that For the Spirit has For how many more lacked. years? She's 32 right now. That's, You're that, right, so that's she coaches those so. young players. So, so that's the point, though, right, is that she comes into this team that has a lot of talent but just doesn't have that fight and grit in them, and she kind of teaches them how to have that because she has had that forever. Well, if they need fight and grit, I have <laughs> got a coach for you. Oh, goodness. I'm looking forward to the day that Joshua becomes a GM because I, from from what I've heard tonight, you've got all the answers. We just need we just need to give you, put you in power. But a little career change. Our, our final question of the night uh, comes from YouTube again, and and we'll we'll put we'll put everybody on 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 the hot seat here. Okay. Rapid fire style. Uh, we want to know. Do you think DC United will add any new players in the upcoming weeks while the transfer window is open? Sam, we'll start with you. No, because we're in a pandemic and no teams are adding them. I would love to see it happen, but I, I think it's really hard right now. And I don't think any teams are making some super phenomenal signings right now. Um, I say this as a Leeds fan who's going into the Prem, right? I wish that they were making some uh, signings. Leicester haven't signed anybody. I get it's it. hard for everybody right now. It's hard for the biggest teams in the entire world to make signings right now. So I just don't see DC United making it happen. I would love for it to happen. Maybe there are a couple smaller signings, but I don't think it's anything groundbreaking. Michael Black. I think there have been rumors. I think you could see something happening. But I don't think it's going to be the kind of groundbreaking signing that I think that we really need to change our minds on what this team's doing. I would love to see them make a move up top, even if it's just a MLS journeyman level guy who's going to go up there and get you some goals. I think they need to make some moves, but I think that given the current market and all the challenges they're facing, I do think that there is a bit of a mindset that this season is an opportunity to test some things out and i think they're going to go with what they've got joshua morgan <laughs> i i will kind of cop out here with the word add i i don't think these you know, i will Shocking. straight up add any players with an asterisk uh, i think they might trade a couple players like they did with emma and, 
and the Schoberg. Uh, I, I like I like so that some potentially in league acquisitions like or trades. player swaps. Sure. Um, okay. or, or maybe offload some gam or international. That's spots. in the Casper playbook for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the team's that's demo. New. The one one that I have like a piece of my eye on is the Daniel Sturridge transfer. We haven't heard anything from this, and you know he's signed with Octagon. That's his player agency and one Eddie Pope and Donovan Pines are part of that organization. I, I would, I'm still like holding out hope for that. Cause I think this fun team would be really fun with Daniel Sturge. Well, Arsenal is still trying to get rid of your boy who opened the coffee shop down at Ivyfield or is, is working <laughs> to open the coffee Mr. shop. Mr. Uzeo, the highest played player in the EPL. Well, Ar- Arsenal did say that they're willing to pay for him to go elsewhere, which is, you know, really, <laughs> truly a devastating move when the organization announced they cut a number of jobs to save money and then turn around. But whatever, that's, that's a different conversation. Um, for me, I think... We're going to hear some rumors. We're going to hear Federico getting on the phone with Gonzalo, trying to get <laughs> get his boy over here. Rumored with the I'll galaxy tell you, man. recently. No, yeah. I, saw, I saw that died today. I, I heard that oh. there's there's an, a couple of MLS teams interested, but the Galaxy are apparently not one of them. Yeah. Um, well, they just got um, Klinsman, right? So they're yeah, good. Not Jurgen, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah. uh, different, presumably better Klinsman. Um, here's the thing. I think it would be fascinating to see the Iguains play together. I really do. I think it'd be a lot Everyone of fun. Everyone thinks that, um, yeah. Having Gonzalo here would be so cool. I don't know if it's exactly what this team needs. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty confident it's not exactly what this team needs. Um, but hey, man, if we get the Iguain special a little discount on the price there, we could maybe we could maybe make some moves. You know, I could see it. But but to answer the question directly, no, we're not signing anybody. It's not happening. I, I will uh, say that we've been surprised by the moves we've made. You know, a couple years we ago, have. When, they come out of nowhere. Wayne they, Rooney, <laughs> yeah, like getting Rooney, that was kind of a, a longer Paul term too, discussion. Yeah. But like when we brought in Paul and brought in a couple other you know big names in, in that window, this team has surprised us before, and I do hope they do so again. But until that happens, I'm going to be, you know, here waiting. Yeah. yeah. Along with us, my friend. <laughs> Let's call it a wrap for tonight. Um, thank you so much for joining us tonight here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be live again Tuesday night. Uh, luckily, it's not at some ungodly hour. It looks <laughs> like the game kicks around 7, so we'll call that probably 7.15 or so. Uh, that's another one on WJLA 24-7 News or streaming online at DCUnited.com. I'm hearing rumors. Uh, this is the first game, obviously, back at Audi Field uh, without fans. I'm hearing rumors that the supporters groups are joining together to do something pretty cool uh, as far as TIFOs and things in the stands. So look forward to seeing uh, what that yields on Tuesday night. And, um, and we'll be back here doing this thing again. So thanks for hanging out with us. And um, here's to three points on Tuesday. Heck yeah. Uh, Bobby Wine is, is still with us, Joshua. Oh I, I just, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you. That's a thing. The bad news is that everyone is a potential victim. But the good news is that everyone is a potential solution. Sensitize the masses to sanitize. Keep a social distance and quarantine. Wash your hands, keep a distance from everyone. Report anything like a simple tomb. Serious fever is a simple tomb. Dry cough is a simple tomb. Walk with is a simple tomb. Itchy eyes and